This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Lift up your hands and just worship Him. God, glorious, 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 God, glorious, God. Somebody worship Him. Express your love to Him. You are glorious in your way. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. We worship you. You are glorious. Glorious God. Glorious God. We bless your name. Glorious God. We bless your name. Glorious God. We bless your name. Oh, blessed be your name. We give you praise. We worship you. We magnify your name. Blessed be 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 your name. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53. Can you project? Still worshiping. This is the word of the Lord for the house. And I will have to read this, all the services. Isaiah 53. Somewhere during the week, I was praying, and the Lord said this to me. Go to verse, let's start from 3. Verse 4. For time. Surely, Surely he had borne our griefs and carried away our sorrows. Why praying this word came like it just came to me? Surely it's a kind of deliverance service. I make an announcement to everybody because the Spirit of God ministered this word from being a Logos to Rema to us as a church, that every grief in every life, please don't sleep, be alive this morning. And I wanted to receive the word. I'm not going to add to his word. As raw as the Spirit said it, directly from the word of God. Everything that represents grief in people's life here and family, I love the word surely. And the Bible says, He carried our sorrows. Any sorrow that anybody is carrying. Get ready. This is the morning that we declare the verdict of God, and that sorrow is turned to joy. In two minutes, everybody lift up your two hands and mention your griefs and sorrows. So, 
Because after that, we are going to declare the word of God. Surely, surely means surely. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Where the word of a king is, there is power. Those who are watching online, join as well. This is not me. This is what the Lord is doing. You have lost opportunities. You have lost whatever. Health, finance, relationships. Whatever is a grief that stays here in your heart. Whatever it says, whatever sorrow, whatever grief. God who cannot lie. Ligo Sikalipro to Stelima Andre Kadushta. Nobody, no family will carry any grief or any sorrow beyond this morning. Now lift up your voice and just say that scripture again. It's projected for you to see. Now use the word mind. Say it several times, loud and clear. Make a powerful announcement. Now I declare. Mention the grief and sorrow that your time expires now. The judge has spoken from his word. I give it to the one who has carried it. So my time of carrying it ends now. I see the mighty hand of God walking. I just turn to song what I'm saying. Akakaya 
there is a wind blowing this morning. Everybody pray in the spirit. You have not come for an ordinary service. I hear saying, I'm hearing, come unto me, all ye that labor. I will give you rest. That's what the Lord is saying this morning. If you come to me, I will give you rest. Rest from pressure, from depression, rest from anxiety, rest from sickness, rest from pain. Come unto me, Jesus is saying this morning. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Natayabakatayas. Rest is entering homes, entering jobs, entering bodies, entering lives. The hand of God is carrying you. Those who are watching from different parts of the world, right where you are, something is happening to you. It is called the rest of the Lord. It is what the Spirit of God is doing, harmonizing everything to fit into His plan and His purpose for your life. Rest, peace. Rest, peace. Griefs and sorrows are living. Oh, thank you, Jesus. The hand of God is sweeping away every sorrow. Those who have wept will weep no more. Oh, glory to God. Blessed be your name. We give you praise. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. As the Lord has said, your sorrows and your griefs are hereby taken away. Somebody give God praise. I will just continue from where I stopped on Wednesday. A man after God's heart is a faithful man. And I want to just call your attention to something in God's word. But let's read Galatians chapter 5 first from verse 21. Galatians 5, 21. Now the Bible says, Envies, murder, and such of like, of which I tell you before, as I have told you in the past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not for such. It actually started from verse 19. All the works of the flesh. And the Bible says fornication and adultery. And nowadays you have preachers who are saying that it does not matter. But the Bible is clear on this subject. 
He said, those who do so shall not inherit. Next verse. Verse 23 is where we are really going. Hallelujah. No, sorry, 22. Let's start from 22. But the fruit of the Spirit. Now, no fruits, as in plural. It's a singular word. The fruit of the Spirit. Once you are born again, your spirit man begins to yield fruit. And the fruit that declares and reveals that you are a mature Christian are this. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. <laughs> that means you suffer for a long time. That's not what he's saying. It's another word for endurance. Ability to endure. All these things, are, you'll find them in God. Ability to endure. Gentleness. Jesus said, I am meek and lowly in earth. Goodness. Faith. Actually, faith, there is a word, faithfulness. Maybe that's where some transitions they put it. Faithfulness. Meekness. Temperance. Against such, there is no law. And before we take our let's read the second passage. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. Now, this is a declaration. God is saying that through Moses, Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God. The Bible is saying that you must know that God is God. Then you must know that God, he is a faithful, the faithful God. That's one of his attributes. Faithful. He is faithful. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5. Jesus calls himself a faithful witness. Revelation 19 11. Jesus said, the name is God, is faithful and true. I saw heaven open and behold a white horse. And he that sat on it was called faithful and true. God bless you, you can have your seats. So he calls himself faithful witness. And the Bible says he is faithful and true. That's the Lord that we serve. I think also Revelation 17, 24. There is a reason I'm calling your attention to this. To know the nature of God. And that God values faithfulness. 24, 17, 24. I think. But these ones that we have said before. Oh, chapter 17 doesn't read 24. That's so somewhere around 17 where it talks about the army of, uh, Bible said that those who follow him are called faithful and true. I know it's all in chapter 17, sorry. But the words, if you see, you can project it. The nature of God. Okay, 14. They shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is the Lord of lords. He must always overcome, and King of kings. And they that are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Hallelujah. Amen. And on Wednesday, we stop at the fact that God gave a testimony about Moses. And the interesting thing about that, that testimony, God gave that testimony about Moses, uses Moses' mouth. So, in Numbers chapter 12, verse 7, the Bible says, now this is God's word, Numbers 12, 7, about Moses. My servant Moses is not so. And I said, let's start from um, around verse 3, 4. So that we understand the build up. The Bible says, 
Now, when I got here on Wednesday, remember I was laughing. Bible said, now the man Moses was very meek. Above all the men that were upon the face of the earth. You know why this is very funny? Who wrote this? <laughs> the five books of the Bible are called the five books of Moses. So Moses wrote this. So Moses called himself the meekest man on earth. He said, now the man Moses. It's like me saying that now the man Shola is the richest man. <laughs> well, I'm not aspiring to be the richest. It's not a, uh, an aspiration. Or writing that the man Shola is the most spiritual man. And I'm the one writing. This wrote that the man Moses is the meekest of all the men. How did he have? <laughs> did he try all the men on that? But you see, he wrote by revelation. God told him that. He said, the meekest on the face of the earth. So, next verse. But we go back to say, but you know what happened? And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and Aaron and Miriam and said, come the three of you out of the congregation, the tabernacle, and they came out. Then God began to address them. When he told the three of them to come out, then he said, two of you, Aaron and Mina, step aside. I have something to share with you. And the Lord, next verse, verse 5. And the Lord came down the pillar of cloud and stood at the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forward. He first said, three guys come out. They came out. Then God said, okay, two of you, step aside. And then God said, and this is where people should fear the things of God. One of the reasons why God loved David so much, he valued the anointing. Saul was misbehaving. And David kept saying that, I won't touch this guy, say, he is the Lord's anointed. It's a word. Our word now is a word of share your truth, say whatever you like. That which is highly exalted among men is an abomination to God. Nobody receives an anointing who does not value the anointing. Saul was going to kill David. So if you want to understand which I'm bringing this message to an end today. Maybe we'll continue on that because next week Sunday is called Testimony Sunday and I will explain in a while. But for, 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 I'm just letting you understand why God couldn't let go of David. And I showed you why it was very easy for God to let go of Saul. Everybody here this morning, say this after me. Say, Lord, hold me. I don't trust myself. If I hold you, I can let go. But if you hold me, your griefs are eternal. Say amen to that. Are you getting what I'm saying? He just decided not to let go of David. But for Saul, because God saw some qualities in David, I'm examining faithfulness. But I will just move a little. Just, he saw this thing in David. Value for the anointing. Love for enemies. And then, David treasured the presence of God. Ah, oh Lord, early will I seek thee. You will hear words like that from King David. I would rather be a doorkeeper in your house. Of course, not every psalm was written by David. Some were by sons of Korah. But there were men like David with unusual passion for God. 
I will dwell in your house than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. And I showed you last week, they just ordained David as king. As soon as they made him king and they sat in the palace, the first question David asked is that, why is the Ark of Covenant in the tents? Why I dwell in palace? Not too many Christians are like that. David had this passion, this, this affection for God's kingdom. When God told David that because you are a bloody man who has shed blood, you are not going to build me a house. Go and read how much David gave to Solomon. He said, well, if you will not allow me to build, I will sponsor you to build. It doesn't matter who is building, I'm going to support it. If you were God, even if you were dead that time, you wouldn't let go of such a man. He got to a place, he was to offer God a sacrifice. And Arano gave him the floor for free. And David said, you do understand. I, David, I don't offer to God what costs me nothing. I don't treat God, I, eat, I don't treat him, I don't do that, I don't treat him casually. I'm not treating about God. When it comes to God, my passion is there. How do you wake up to pray in the morning? How do you respond? When God told Solomon, Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, not only did he obey, he rose early in the morning. Early in the morning. Perfect obedience. Men after God's hearts. But there is this attribute. So God told them, because when God finds a man like this, he goes all the way to defend such a man. So now, look at uh, that, that uh, numbers again. Now, God started talking. He said, come out, two of you. And they step out. Numbers 12, I think, from 5. And then God said to them. Verse 6. He said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision. I will speak to him in a dream. So, if there is a prophet, I said, I am the one who gives prophet revelations. That means a prophet must have at least these two gifts, visions and dreams. Some have more, word of knowledge, word of wisdom. But prophetic office will carry a measure of revelation, ability to see beyond this realm. Now, God told them that, see, if there is a prophet, whatever I see, I'm the one showing him. He said, but Moses is rated more than a prophet. Next verse. He said, my servant Moses is not so. In other words, I don't call him a prophet. He said, he is faithful. Ah. You know what that means? In God's own scheme of things, faithfulness is superior to prophetic gifts. He said, I have found Moses faithful. Even Hebrews chapter 3 testify of Moses' faithfulness again. Let's read Hebrews 3. And Hebrews was almost comparing Moses to Jesus. Of course, not almost. Actually comparing. He said, let's start from verse 1. Wherefore, only brethren, partakers of heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Verse 2. Who was faithful to him that appointed him? as also Moses was faithful in all his house. So God recognized, by the time God finished talking, Miriam had become white like snow. Leprosy came on her. But nothing happened to Aaron. 
One person read it for you know this uh, Femi, 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 whatever Femi. He said, I see, that's why I don't like it. No, there are spiritual protocols. The reason why God did not touch Aaron, what, not that God will punish a woman and leave a man alone. No. Aaron wore a garment. That garment was super anointed. It came from God. They, they designed it, the, the wise men, and God put this anointing on it. Nothing was going to happen to Aaron as long as it was. Do you remember Aaron died? All he did that made him, God told us that take him to the mountain and remove the garments. Once the garment was removed, the guy died. Because God does not cause whatever he blesses. Yes, that was why in the garden, as God was upset, he started with the serpent. You will crawl. He said to the woman, I multiply your, but when they got to Adam, the Bible says, I cause the ground for your sake. I'm not going to curse you directly. Why? When God created man, before woman came, he blessed man. Why did woman come? <laughs> he blessed man. So God was looking for, how do I punish Adam? I can't curse him. But he said, you know what? I will curse something that you will need. He said, so the ground is cursed for your sake. When you want to unite, it will be with sweat. He said, that's what I'm going to do. But I cannot lay any punishment directly on like I've done to the serpent. And the... Did you hear that? Amen. Amen. So, it's a Aaron had that spiritual garment. And as long as that garment was on, that garment meant something to God. So that thing shielded him. But Miriam had no garment. Again, there is a lesson to learn. You know, the Bible says that a child that does not have a mother, you don't have wound at your back. If you don't have garment, shut up. Una go suffer. Some people can talk about some things. If you know yourself, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> that I just said now, I am speaking to somebody watching probably online. You run your mouth. You want to part of some discussion. Some things are beyond you, leave it alone. Because people will say some things and get away with it because you don't know where they are coming from. Are you getting what I'm saying? Whatever is beyond your paycheck, leave it alone. <laughs> you I have become so free knowing that I don't have to talk about everything and that many things are not my business. It is ability to discipline your flesh to know that some things, they don't concern you and that you will not have a dick. If you don't dabble into it, nothing will happen to you. So I, I, I mean, I tell myself, must I talk? I don't have to talk. My friend, bring up issue. Do I have to say anything? There's no law in the word of God or in Nigeria that says that if I don't talk, they will arrest me. So must I talk about everything? Oh, what are you thinking about? I'm not thinking anything about it. What do you think? Nothing. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said you free. You don't have to have an opinion about every matter. Are you following me? Oh, dear Lord Jesus. So, because God, he said, you don't understand. I, when I find a faithful man, I defend. What is faithfulness? I said, Oxford Dictionary, they find it. 
or the fines, if we check, as, as being loyal and being steadfast. But I want to show you a man in a few minutes and the service end this morning who actually demonstrated faithfulness apart from Moses. Wherever you see this, the man is a silent general in the Bible. Very unknown to many people. If I wouldn't have known him except that through a king, I'm talking about General Uriah, whose wife David took. Let's read 2 Samuel 11. This guy is deep. Oh, this guy, well, just look at it. Ah. Go to, down to when David sent for Raya to come home. So, when after sleeping with his wife, and David sent, sent to Joab, saying, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent Uriah to David. Next verse. And when Uriah was come to David, David demanded of him, how did Job did, how Job did, how the people he was pretending, so what's going on in the battle? And Uriah said, everything is fine. <laughs> Next verse. And David said to Uriah, go to thy house, wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of king's house, and there followed him a mess of meat. Have you been given a mess of meat before? It's not common here because people are not very rich in Nigeria. What they call a mess of meat is, is a bad, as in exactly the name. They mess you up with meat. <laughs> when you hit meat and nearly die with meat. Only kings can give that. I mean, you are going no trace of meat, meat, meat. They are just following you. <laughs> Well, some might say that's not the meaning. I, I don't care. <laughs> but Raiah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of the Lord and went not down to his house. Ah. You know, David wanted to set him up. He has slept with his wife. Then he said, I see, by the time battle will end, it might be in three months or four months' time, Raiah will come back and meet a pregnant woman. So let me look at it. He says, I said, yes, let's look at it as if he's the one responsible. So he said, bring him back. But see, this guy, look at the reason he gave. Next verse. And they told David, say, Uriah went not to his house. Then David said, comest not down from Johnny. Why then didn't you go down to your house? And then Uriah answered. And Uriah said to David, the ark, yeah." Look at his problem. The ark and Israel and Judah, they are intense. My Lord Joab, my Lord Joab and the other servants are in the field, open field and camping. Shall I then go to my house to eat and to drink, to sleep with my wife? As you live and as I so live it, I will not. He didn't even know that the king was setting him up. So he was ah, hey, sir. <laughs> you know, quickly they are going. Because in the first place, they were not looking for how to run away from the battle. You know, when they read some books on history, and I was saying that the difference between men of old and men of now, and many of you watching me, including myself, those of all callers say men in our time. Are they are men really? In the days of Achilles and all these people, go and watch all these same people. Those, some of those stories are real. People will be begging to go to battle. I remember a king telling his son that you are just still go back home. 
And the guy was, he was contemplating suicide, mourning on his way home. That history will testify that some went to fight. I was at home. Ah! <laughs> In our time. <laughs> See? If terrorism happened in those days, all men will come out and quench you once and for all. Those were the days when men were not afraid of dying. Imagine, you will consider it a shame that all that people were going to war and you stayed at home. These people will beg, they will say bye-bye to their family. We need to fight. Here we must dodge. If they now say that you are released, you don't go to the battle. You share testimony in church. When, they heard, when I heard my name, I said, oh God, that's why the most common prayer now. If you want Africans to say, say you shall not die. I told the pastor, pray for him for a long life on the altar. And a woman of 89 came out again. And the said, my man, it's eternal life you need. Not long life. You know, again, in, look at Urias. He said, no, I'm not going home. Next verse. This is deep. And David said, tarry here today and tomorrow I will let you depart. So he stayed in Jerusalem. Next verse. Then the king, David called him and he, he now served him. He said, I gave you the mess of meat. Maybe you gave other servant and slept at the door. So David said, okay, sit down now. I know you could not say no to the king. So he started giving him a call. And he made him drunk. And in the evening, he went to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but he still did, even in his drunken states. This guy is something else. The king gave him enough, he became intoxicated as he was stumbled out of palace. He said, No, where am I going? I'm not going. <laughs> then David said, Maybe we should kill this guy because this one will not go. Why? The matters in his heart, they started affecting him, even when he was drunk. They think couldn't leave him. Loyalty. Other soldiers are out. I am here. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Yes, soldiers of the cross. Levi is royal banner. There is a stanza that says that, um, that we should not put him to shame. Something like that. That we should not let him suffer defeat. Mm. Hallelujah. Other soldiers, and he said, the Ark of Covenants, they are out. And you said, me, I should go and refresh myself at home. No, I'm not resting when others are not resting. If I want to bring this message down to an average believer listening to me out there, how long? I actually had Bishop TDJ's one day making this call in his church in anger, what I'm about to say. How long do you, you watching me, every service you attend, they arrange it for you. You are never part of those who arrange. Some pray. Some fast. Some come to clean. Some come to set up. You come to sit down. And I exonerate all first timers. But you are a member, and I'm not talking about people here alone. All Christians hearing me from all over the world. What everything about the kingdom is that they do it, you come and enjoy it, and you go. 
The question is how long? Other soldiers are in the field, you are at home. Faithfulness. It's not in the end there. For time, I will conclude this way. You know what happened? When David saw that, do you know that David gave Uriah, Ma, his letter of execution? David wrote, Set Uriah, give me that verse. It came to pass in the morning that when he said I wouldn't go, David wrote to Job saying, Set Uriah in the forefront of the altest battle and retire from me, that he may die. And that was how he died. Mighty people die when they do our company. I have shared the message on which I don't intend to go to. Apostles, when they went to the Bible, said they went to their own company. There's nothing like solo Christianity. All of you on the internet watching me, who have been deceived by people that do church at home, stay by yourself. You are deceived. That is against what the Bible says. Paul said, do not forsake the assembly. In the body of Christ, others will offend you. It's part of the family spirit. Because in your nuclear family, they offend you also, and you did not walk away. When, when you were offended there, you never walked away because somebody offended you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, God never designed solo Christianity. Hallelujah. Faithfulness. What a man. Not forsaking the assemblies of ourselves as the manner of some. It's not the people have been doing it that time. When people get out, people stay at home and just say that, I say, I just want to pray on my own. So it's not new. You know, it's why people don't know the Bible that they say that, ah, these last days, what, what has church turned to? Church has not turned Church has always been the way it's been. Didn't Paul write about those whose God is their belly? So it happened and it's happening now. He said there arose false prophets among... Didn't he say so? Didn't he talk about perilous time coming when men will blubber us of themselves? Paul addressed homosexuality. He spoke about everything. It's not new. Yes. He talked about ministers. Say, I'm talking about them tears. He said they are God's belly. He said they are they mind earthly things. He spoke about those who make shipwreck of their faith. So there's nothing new. Find where you belong. Are you getting what I'm saying? Go back to that, that Uriah. And David wrote the letter. It says, set him and withdraw. All test parts. You will not fall because you are fighting the hottest battle of your life. You will fall because you are fighting alone. There were two instructions in that letter. Set him at the hottest part, withdraw from him. The first one was not what killed him. There were mighty men fighting in the hottest part. But the plan was that when he gets here, everybody withdraw, leave him alone. When you are left alone, anything can happen. If you are watching me, be in the church. Don't only be in the church. Be in a small group in the church where you know, you know people face to face, at least seven, eight, that regularly, your own prayer, don't only stop with your own prayer. Also, form prayer network with people. I have people I pray with. I've heard that from people like Minister but different people. Apostle Agorobo was talking to them. Everybody you hear of doing something good in the kingdom, we are people we are praying with regularly. You can't just depend on you only praying. Church gives you that opportunity. If you are not a member of prayer unit, 
Find three, four, five people who are friends in the church. Pray with them. Or they might even be your friends. But, or, but just make sure that your prayer is not limited to you alone. There are things you will not see. It is someone else that will see. At times, you cannot see your back. Someone else will see your back for you. You better pray. Why does the Almighty God, why does he have four living creatures around the throne? I'll go to the ministry of that one one day. But I am telling you that don't live alone. Apostle Paul, on top of all his prayer, he still said to the church, he said, pray for us. He asked church to pray for him. And you, you know how one over 1,000 apostles are anointing and you are praying only by yourself. I hope I'm, I'm blessing somebody. You know, I, I said this, so was it, uh, I said it maybe on Wednesday. Arrange a lot of protocols around you that it's very difficult for the enemy to come close. Don't have just one door that blocks the enemy outside. After the one door, create a gate. After the next gate, let the barricade be almost seven. Even the enemy will be tired by the time he gets second barricade and he still he has not reached you. Don't make it easy for Satan to reach you. Set up parameters around us and let it be men, a concentric circle, one circle after the other. That before he moves from the first or second one, it would have been. That's how. That is why there is no armed robber born under the sun that will go and rob in Asu Rock. Say in the night, seven armed robbers carry their gun. So where are we going to? He said there is money that so we are going to rob. <laughs> they can come into an estate and rob a house. But there are places you will not dare. Why? The kind of security will be. You won't even get to the gate of Asu Rock. Before they come there, they would have arrested all of them. Because layers of security you will make, they will get you. You can't bypass all of them. Or to say that, okay, we just want to go and attack White House. <laughs> you know, even though it's a low, you know, like more or less, no really, some of you have been there before. No eye fence, no nothing. You can see like this. And you can come close. Work on nobody at the same the Buckingham Palace. I mean, you peep. We still went there to play two months ago with P. Joshua. And I said, let's just go. And we just look at those guys. You know, they'll be entertaining. And they were there. And they, everybody's outside. There. That is security. In our own. It just proposed looking at you. <laughs> and then brandishing their gun. Why you do that? <laughs> There's not a particular bank in Nigeria was not run for a long time. And when you look at that bank, you will not see any security outside. That is security. See, real security is not supposed to be known. You are supposed to get there and be confused. Everything is quiet. Even common sense will tell you that come. <laughs> but you see, by the time you see four uh, soldiers here, four mopos here, you know that is the strength of the security. Mafias will take them up. But see, when you get to a place, they say it's the most secure building or not. And until you get to the gate, there's nothing. Even your, your, your mind will tell you, though, but use your sense. Something should tell you that there is a way they are looking at you. Because nobody... Nobody has asked you any question. Nobody has said, where are you going to? If you are wise, you will advise yourself that come, I think. Because there must be something there. Amen. Have layers of security around yourself, around your spiritual life. Now, the final parts. Uriah took the letter himself. His own execution letter. Ah, a Nigerian would have, you will tear the letter on the way. Or for you check what is this man that is making me drunk that is saying I should go home? 
Now he sent me with a letter. Babe, may I open and check? What is inside the letter? Uriah gave the letter to Joab. I'm sure when Joab read it, he looked at Uriah. And now you bring this thing home. He must have, even Joab must have been disturbed for a while. What kind of man is this guy? And then he must have, what did he do to the king? He said, well, you must obey the king. He said, Uriah, tomorrow all the warriors are facing and he had told the rest. 13 of you will break through this gate and fight. But you know what? Once you break through, let Uriah lead. Once he's inside, everybody come out and leave him there. And Uriah died. But you see, 2 Samuel 23, they were listing the mighty men of David. The last name they ever said. They said, this one killed 300. This one killed 800. Those are the videos we want to see in heaven. Because that beat Jackie Chan's record. One man killed 800 people. Have you read about the exploits of men of David? 140 the sword. He did like this and the sword could not drop again. One face an entire nation. Those guys were something else. But you know what? Some of them came as beggars to join David. But they were radically transformed. Some of them came from Saul's army. But in the wilderness, they became something else. The Bible said there was one that killed lion with his bare hand. He just saw lion in the snow. So it was only Samson that killed lion. These men had the spirit of God at work in them. The Bible talked about men who could shoot arrow without missing. People like that, they could commit suicide for missing a shot. I said, we don't have men again. When you may say, I will practice tomorrow. I say, hallelujah. When Saul was sleeping on the floor, the one that phoned him said, let me pin him to the wall. I won't do it twice. I told David. People like call, don't pierce anybody twice. What men? When I read about Abner, Saul's commander-in-chief, he was riding a donkey running away from Joab, and a small boy was chasing after him, and he turned back from the horse. He said, what's your name? He said, I'm Abshai. Ah, he said, you are Joab's brother. He said, if I kill you, I can't look at your brother. Go back, don't follow me. I'm a general, you are a recruit. But the guy wanted to do, but he kept following him. Can you imagine? Abner was at the front, on the horse. Abshai was at the back, on the horse. And Abner took javelin. He just did this. And he went straight to the guy's heart. Once. On the horse that was moving with speed. And you were at the front. You know what it means? That kind of precision. That means you just turn a little on the horse and threw something from under you. And in those days, they would say he slew him under the fifth rib. That's your heart. So they could calculate where to put that guy to go straight to the heart. And that was where the arrow went. If you have to practice, you might spend your life practicing it. To be riding the horse that is on speed and to turn a little and throw something and you are couldn't with your throw. The kind of people, and Abshad died. And Abner said, I told you, stop following me. Men. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. At least I've seen 300. Men who would die with honor. Ah, when Nigeria has had a man like that, you hear of Adekule Fadjui in the Kenja Jari. You know the story of Adekule Fadjui? When the soldiers came to kill Agu, Rossi, the president, then he was Adekule Fadjui. 
who was the governor of Ibadan then, military governor. They told him Agurosi is our target, order from about to kill Agurosi, but Adegul Hadri came out and he said that he is my guest. At least that's how I read the story. He said he's my guest. And they said, but we must kill him. You know, people may do better not say we must kill him. And he said, no. And they said they went to make a call to say that the president there was with Adekule Fajan. He wouldn't let them kill him. And they came to one Adekule Fajan once. The other from us says, if you don't let us, you die with him. It's Adekule Fajan came out and he said that there's only one way to kill Aguro. See, you kill him. That you will not kill my guests in my house without killing me. So they shot him peacefully, but they brutalized the president before they killed him. So till today, I was talking about Adekule Fajri. <laughs> Somebody would just be like, hey, well, <laughs> even me say, I was thinking of killing him before. <laughs> Take him and go. He just said, no. Men who stood for what they, if I begin to ask you, even the people you call friends, how loyal are you to them? What's your level of loyalty? Some are loyal till death. Some, when the situation is not favorable and everybody's speaking evil of your friend, you join them also. How loyal are you? How deep is your loyalty? A friend is somebody that can get to the room and even exchange punches that look, you are wrong, you are bad. But outside, you want to stand by him. But when you get to come, let me tell you the truth. I defended your boy. See, you look, look, you are. I get what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That was how right. But the Bible says this one killed 800, this one killed 600. This one killed people, but the Bible didn't say anything about anybody that Uriah killed, but his name entered that rank. Last verse says that Uriah, the Etites, 37 in all. That means all the mighty men were 37. Go to around verse 8 or verse 9 or thereabouts. I want to read. This be the names of the mighty men whom David had. Take a mind that sat in the chief among the captain. They say was Adino the Eznite. He lifted up his spear against 800 and he slew them one time. Hiya. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the guy just did like this and 800 people died. <laughs> and the Bible said, all that's evil record that this is what you achieve. <laughs> it just sat down there. Now, if you read, you see the exploits of all of them. But for real, the Bible just said that after the Tarsipo said, also Uriah the Hittites. You know what made him to enter the rank? Not 800, but not 700, faithfulness. Let's rise. Is someone blessed this morning? If I inquire, how faithful are you? You know, when I preach, I don't want to go uh, too deep into certain things. So that it doesn't look as if I'm overconfronting people. For everybody listening to me, if you're always going to church late, you are going to Riaza late, you don't understand what we are talking about. If we check your record, God was the one that said that it's not so my servant Moses, who is faithful in all my house. If we check your record, Monday, 7.30 a.m. you were in the office. Tuesday, 7.30 a.m. in the office. Wednesday, you clocked in. You never missed. Sunday, there was never a time that you ever made praise worship. That is the record of people in heaven. Either they come in towards the end of praise worship or after praise worship. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. Can I say to God I'm faithful when I'm always late? 
What about the challenge I put before you before? How long will you watch others do things and you are just part of it? By the grace of God, every great thing, once I sit, I want to be a part of it. Once I sit, I want to be a part of it. I want to make a meaningful contribution. Yes. Nobody has shared, whether Koinonia, Manchester, whatever meeting here and there things, and I can mention meetings upon meetings. Once they tell me about it, even some that I cannot go to, I want to give and be a part of it. I can mention this because they are alive to testify. Once somebody is doing something for the kingdom, I want my input to be there. How long will you watch others do things and you are just watching? I feel uncomfortable. I feel uncomfortable. Every Sunday, and that will happen very soon now, first-time guests will be called out. But they are never from you. They are always from other people. Others wake up very early to set up the camera, set up things. You just come to partake in the service. God is not angry with you. I'm just asking a question that, how long will you do this for? How long? Some begin to pray towards the service. They gather and say, go, you just call me. How long? Everything you see, and the land we are planning to get anything, some, but some people will always be responsible. The question is, are you one of such people? Faithfulness. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You see, I value and appreciate all these instrumentalists a lot. They could have been out there doing something else. But these people come Saturday, come early in the morning, Riazza today in, day out. But some other people will not make that kind of sacrifice. Faithfulness. Now, you have talents. Are you faithful with talent God has given you? I know if a part of you don't serve God with it, it's not yet recognized by God. And also if you don't serve humanity. Is somebody blessed this morning? May the Lord bless you and keep you. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Help us to be doers and not hearers only. Cause us to walk in the truth of your word. We give you praise, Lord. I see a dark shadow. This is the spirit of depression sitting on somebody. Lately, you don't know what is wrong. You are just depressed, so depressed that it's getting to become something else. Life looks bleak all around now, and there's no real explanation. I'm not talking about that, so there's no real explanation for it. It's a spirit, it's a spiritual attack. Everybody close your eyes. I don't feel like I should speak from here to that person. I want to pray. Can the person stand forward right now? And in the name of Jesus, I will address the Spirit and it will leave you alone. Jesus, the Son of God, set you free this morning. Thank you.
Thank you for being a part of our broadcast. You know, we never like to end without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Coming into Christ is beyond joining a church, is beyond a religion. It is joining God's family. And that is done when you believe in Christ Jesus. So I just want to lead you right away now. If you, are, if you want to give your heart to Christ, just say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again and that you paid for my sins. I accept you as my Lord and my Savior, and from today I belong to you. If you have said those words, will be late, you are born again, you are part of God's family right now. You can go ahead and rejoice about it. God bless you. We love you. Stay blessed.